Welcome everyone back to the Sandalanch. This week we are starting a new book, Mistborn Book Era Two, Book Four, or Mistborn Book Seven, depending on how you count it. <laughs> the Lost Metal. We're doing the prologue and chapters one, two, and three. Uh, in the prologue, we meet Baby Wayne, and we learn, you know, where he grew up and uh, what happened to his mother. And then we move into the present day, we find, which is six years after Bands of Mourning. And, yeah, we have Wayne and Marisai investigating stuff in the tunnels below the city. Meanwhile, we have Wax and Steris going before the Senate and trying to avoid war with the outer cities. So, already hit the ground running on this one. I'm Dak, and with me is... Data. Joe. And Jamie. That's a strap in. The Sand Lanch is about to begin. Okay, so yeah, we got we got four chapters of this the most recently released Sanderson book that you guys are getting to read like right off the bat. How how exciting, how different from what we've done in the past. What did you guys think of these yeah. four chapters? These were good, like definitely as I said, was um setting the scene early, we're jumping right in. I think we're all anticipating that this one is gonna be uh pretty full on given the little things we've heard about it. We talked about last week, how Brand said the gloves are off for this one. So it's like, well, we don't really know what to expect. So yeah, I like that we're just jumping into it with Wayne and Marisai being below the tunnels and they've, you know, hunting down the gangs and like, all right, cool. No faffing about. Let's just, you know, find the set and let's go. And Wax is, I liked Wax in front of the Senate. That actually seemed like a really good fit for him. Um, I loved seeing him and Steris and their little family life. They have kids now, which is adorable prologue there are some things i really liked about it some things i really didn't but uh, we'll get into that but yeah no like strong start to the book i'm, I'm feeling confident yeah it's that we're definitely jumping into people already in the middle of some important action in this one I, for some reason the senate scenes always make me think of like uh, the star wars senate and uh, i don't know <laughs> if that makes wax jar jar or padme <laughs> or who Jesus. sure sure wax is gonna be like i i move for a vote of no confidence in the <laughs> Senator yeah, Palpatine. Wax starts going, moi moi. <laughs> yeah, uh, prologue, sad, you know, sad, sad little little story for little Wayne at the beginning of the prologue here. But yeah, the I, I the partnership between Marisai and Wayne, cool, interesting, makes sense. Wax retiring, I mean, uh, you know, not to get into predictions too early, but something's going to pull the old guy out of retirement, I'm <laughs> guessing. Uh, How many times has he retired now? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested to see where it's going to go for sure. I think my favorite moments uh, so far have definitely been the Stairs uh, wax moments, basically when our main characters are playing off of each other. So the scene before he goes into the Senate, the scenes with Marisine Wayne, those have definitely been the highlights so far. I'm not as concerned with the kind of uh, maybe this book is is going to be all about Senate backstabbing, but I'm not really as concerned with that. My guess is that was just kind of a jumping off point 
for the story itself to kind of get us ready for what's going to happen as far as like possibility of war and stuff. So good chapters, but uh, definitely ready to get into the meat of this one. There is kind of a different sense of excitement for me. I don't know if it's because of because of the fact that this is a brand new book that we're getting to read. But I don't know. I was just really hyped to to get through these chapters and I'm hyped to keep reading. I just want to know what's going to happen. And so I say that after we get off the podcast, I probably won't read until next week. But <laughs> that's that's kind of how I am. I get excited and then I'm like, ah, but I don't want to read it now. I want it to be but fresh. Also, and I don't sleep wanna... is great. Yeah, yep. sleep is good right now for me. I need extra sleep probably with, uh, with, with small child. So... Yeah, I, I just uh, I'm looking forward to to getting into it. But but yeah, from what we've seen so far, it looks looks pretty cool. I like this idea that you're like, I mean, maybe it'll be all about Senate backstabbing. We're going back to the well of ascension, yeah. and it's just going to be oh, all don't remind me machinations. Uh, when I was sitting there reading that portion, I was like, oh no, is this going to be a a well of ascension book where there's just lots of rules and laws and stuff? But I'm like, nah, nah, this is just preamble to the to the action we just have to know why the action's going on this is giving us that information like telling us what's going on why is this going to happen steris is going to give us a very detailed like explanation of the rules of order in the senate and wax is going to have to like filibuster and it's going to be mr smith goes to washington <laughs> oh that sounds terrible or or, or amazing you know amazingly <laughs> terrible no, mr it'll, smith it'll... goes to washington it's classic It'll be, it'll be the Simpsons version of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. <laughs> All in favor, say die. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Mel Gibson. That was... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this was a good start to these chapters, to this book. I I liked that we got a bit of a Wayne backstory, which, as sad as it was, was kind of cool. His mum sounds like a really nice lady. I'm sad that she's no longer around. And, like, I agree with Joe, the the bit with Wax and Steris with their little family life just warmed my heart. I love so much that little Max is, like, also sort of following in his mother's footsteps, making sure Wax has got what he needs by having the picture of the dog and the picture of the cat because it's very important. And I love the little callback to it when he's presenting in front of the Senate. And he's like got all these papers. And he's like, well, I'm going to put the pictures in my back pocket. I don't really need them right here, but they're here and they're important to me. And I was just like, oh, my God, he's such a good dad. <laughs> Made me really happy. And Marisai and Wayne, I, I sort of, I was a bit refreshed with Wayne. I feel like he just mellowed a bit, which was really nice. And I'm kind of looking forward to reading about him and, and Marisai with their little, their partnership and see how that, that goes. I like that we haven't kind of spent a whole bunch of time waiting to see if things come back and are important Trell's been mentioned numerous times. Alec got mentioned, so he's obviously still in the picture somewhere with Marisai and the the pits of Hassan are around and we've already had a, a great little newspaper clipping as well and the broadsheets. It's good. I like that we've hit the ground running. It's a bigger book. There's a lot more that's going to come. It's good. It's exciting. I, I agree with you. That, uh, one of my favourite bits of Maybe the whole book is like these moments with Wax and Steris and their family. It's just super adorable. Although I will say, and I think that this may happen a lot because I've just recorded all of these, uh, you know, my first reaction things. So, but so a, a lot of it sticks in my mind. But one of the things that I recorded when I got to 
to this point with these chapters is I was just like, we get introduced in like a one-off mention to like the baby is back in the corner with her like governess or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, my eyes on you governess. I don't trust you. Like, <laughs> little baby Tindwill. Yes, I'd forgotten until I reread just now that the baby's name is Tindwill. I was like, oh, that's. Oh, so that means the baby doesn't feature prominently in the book. Okay. Because <laughs> he'd forgotten. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Thanks for spoiling that data. Now I know there's no cool baby action. <laughs> <laughs> baby's going to get kidnapped in the next chapter. You just wait. Mistborn baby. Mist baby. It's like a picture in a swaddle with all the tassels coming yeah. off it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I didn't give Jamie that much to play off of that time, so everyone else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, okay, hold on. Where where are we? I guess let's get into these chapters first. I have to mention now that you, now that everyone actually has the book, the maps. I mean, the first one is the same map we've seen already at the Elendil Basin. Like that's yeah, whatever. And then the map of Allendale, which we've also seen a lot, but this one has a bunch of details in here. It's a very cool map. The third one is the one that's so interesting to me. Hang on, before we get to that, I just like have like Naz's note in the bottom corner of the Allendale map has changed again. Oh, I need. Sorry, I'm on my my uh, my computer version and I can't see. Down the corner, it's like Naz's note says, "Why don't I just move here since you're so keen on me fetching Skadri and stuff all the time." <laughs> It's true that he has had he's he's hit, he's annotated this map so many times. It's like I'm so sick of this place. And we even we even got that story where he had to like steal that other map from Nikki Savage or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh. What other annotations does he have on here? Uh, Governor's Mansion, Field of Rebirth. Is this? I guess this is just like all of the ones that have been in the previous books. You know, it's annotated again. I think so. And it's interesting because at the con that when Joe and I went, they were handing out, you know, there's four books and each one has a different broadsheet in it. And it, they weren't handing out exactly. When you when you signed in, they handed you some clips, some little cardboard coins, and yeah. were, were immediately like, you can spend two of these to buy this broadsheet. And it was like the first broadsheet <laughs> from the Alloy of Law. And then hidden around in three other locations in the convention were the three other broadsheets that you had oh. to use clips to buy based on what the broadsheet said in the corner, the cost of that broadsheet was. So, and when, and wow. on the back, on the back of each of them was a quarter of this map of Elendel, this one with all the annotations put on it. So when you combine them together, you get the full map. Right. It's pretty cool. Yep. Nice. And then on our, on the second day, we found like a fourth one that was the same. It's the, the one from this book again, the same broadsheet, but on the back was the whole map. Instead yeah. of uh, you know, so it was a maps. smaller, smaller yeah. map portion. So we had to we had to get clips and spend them and yep. find stuff. I sure did. I did that. I didn't even spend all my clips. I have so many clips that you know maybe maybe they'll use the clips again next year and I can send them with someone. It's like here, take these clips. Do what you will. Like uh, the the guy, the people who work there would hand out clips and for random yeah. reasons sometimes they would just throw them on the floor. It's like look, there's a coin shot throwing money and yeah, you have to go pick them up. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to be celebrating the release of a different book, so they probably won't use clips. Yeah, probably not. And then uh, when you were walking around, if someone's like, hey, I like your shirt, here's some clips or, uh, you know, some larger. They they added several denominations of coin because the only coins pre previous to this were the clips and the boxings, the two denominations. They added like four more denominations that go in the middle because there's like 100 clips in a boxing. So and the uh, the guys who actually make the coins, the physical ones that I've bought, they had a pre-order set up at their st stand in at the con 
four real versions of these new coins. So that yeah. was cool. Yeah, it was smart marketing for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there was a five clip and a twenty clip and a fifty clip. And then they had the Iron Eyes special one. Yep, we got that. Uh, good times. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so the third map is the one that I find so interesting because first off, when you look at the northern half of the map, it it shows us that basically, if when you, when you look back at like the map of the Final Empire from the previous books, the basic structure of most of the Final Empire is still there, like the geographic structure. It's even still got the mountains that used to be ash mounts. Yeah. Uh, Although around Elendel Basin, it has changed because in the original map, one of the actually two of the ash mounts would have been kind of in on top of where the Elendel Basin is now. So those have been removed. But other than that, it's all still pretty much there, which makes me wonder if there's like any remains of cities out there. Could you go to where Luthadel used to be and find some interesting things? Well, like the well, they say the well of Ascension is under Ellen is under Elendel. So that part of Luthadel has at mm-hmm. least moved. So did Luthadel itself get just shoved sideways? Yeah, well, I, I mean, because the Well of Ascension was the cavern underneath Luthadel, and they had all the caverns underneath the ver- those cities got moved because uh, of all the people yeah, riding. Combined all the caverns, yeah. I've, I wasn't sure if that meant Luthadel itself got sh- got. Moved. So, yeah, I don't know about the above the cavern, right? So, yeah. yeah, interesting possibilities. But the the weirder part to me is that the southern continent is just like right there. It's connected to this. I'm like, how did that you not through me as well? There. Yeah, I'm just like I thought because I thought it was a uh, you know. This was all like everything we've seen was at the North Pole, and then the Southern Continent was at the South Pole. Yeah, and, like, exactly. They had they had boiling oceans in between them, but nope, it's just one solid landmass. I mean, weird. Maybe Harmony did that when he rearranged the planet. He's like, I'll put you guys close together so you can be friends. I don't know. Yes, yeah, so I sort of thought that, and then that because they didn't like they didn't have need to really leave because they mm. had everything and no one was exploring any further. So you wouldn't even know that it was linked. Yep. No one went to explore. I mean, if they had explored, maybe they would have met these guys down here when they were still like suffering. It's like, Oh, everything's frozen. We need somebody to help us. And like Kelsier would have never had to come and help them because uh, they would have made friends with these northerners. Maybe it was just that cold. That's why they never explored that far south. It's like, it's too cold. We'll die if we go any further. We need to turn back. Well, but it's only cold for those guys down there. Like, they were freezing to death in what, in the last book, like, in what most people would consider just slightly cold uh, weather. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, but I don't know. That's It's baffling. And I also like the note at the bottom that this is based on legally obtained Malwish maps and other sources. So maybe <laughs> non-legally obtained maps. I don't know. Just other. Yeah. If it was legally obtained, it probably doesn't have, like, all the secret land masses that the Malwish are hiding down there. <laughs> We see the maskless have their own section too. Yeah. Well, yeah, fuck those guys. <laughs> and I, I noticed like the, you know, the Ellendale Basin has all of these different names for their place, like old, old terrorist farmost. But then you go down and it's just like the Malwish Consortium. It's yep. like they don't have any more specific names for what that is. We know that like among themselves, they're divided into like kind of different groups or whatever. So. Right. Maybe the the Maoish weren't interested in sharing that information with uh, the Northerners. Yeah, I would yeah. assume. I would assume that is the case. I also like the Shrouded Isles. That may be my favorite name on the map. I want to visit the Shrouded Isles. Have we heard of them before? That sounds familiar. I don't remember having heard of those, but it's possible. So anyway, yeah. I I really like this map when uh, when I got the actual copy of the book because this wasn't in the you know preview chapters or anything. So this right. is yeah, yeah. the big cool thing to me. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting to me because you guys are talking about like the Southern Islands and the Shrouded Isles. It's like they don't even look natural. 
they look like they were specifically put there by a person such as Harmony. It's just like, there they are. Like, just the way they're shaped. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Now I'm trying to imagine. It's like, yeah. It's like, Harmony, what did you put on those islands? I don't know. Dinosaurs? <laughs> hey, that would be awesome, actually. That's where I sent all the Coloss. No, the Coloss live just out there. In fact, we're about to... It, it gets mentioned in uh, in the prologue that like Coloss territory was across the river human or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Human. Human is remembered. Oh, uh, human. You have so, to wonder, yeah. like, is, is that one of the, like, did human get like a name as well? Was he like the, the Coloss friend or the, like the, the God Coloss or, you know, mm. I'm thinking of names like counselor of the gods or, right. um, or stuff like yeah. that. Did he get his own name or do they just say, we're going to call this the river human. And like, then everyone in history forgot who human was. So people just like, why the fuck did they call it that? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> He's the Hugh of the Coloss. No, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I hope human is remembered. Hugh man, sir. <laughs> Hugh man. That's a name I can trust. Uh, so, okay. Prologue about Wayne. This is the first time I think all the others have been, you know, wax, young wax adventures. So, I don't know. Does this, does this bode for some different focus in this book? Is it going to be a Wayne centric story or? Sure. Wayne's going to die. <laughs> just, yeah, why not? Everybody dies. No, not it's, everybody. It's, just Wayne. It's the last book. They can kill everybody off. It's fine. Ah, well, yeah, you're right about that. I guess they could do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the, the last two prologues had someone who was very close to the, the focus character of those prologues turn out to be the villain of the piece. So maybe Wayne's mom ain't dead. Yeah. She's a secret bad guy. That would be hardcore. <laughs> she yeah, is yeah. Trell. The mind, the mind sucked her up, and she became Trell somehow. You, you stole Jamie's first attempt for a secret bad guy prediction. Oh, my bad. Uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it turns out his mom's name was Lert, and it's just Trell backwards. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's like it's like a Latin pronunciation. It's Yurt. I would say with two L's. Yeah, it, it might make a different sound. So Wayne, like it starts out. Wayne knew about beds. Other kids in Tin Wayne Settlement had them. Uh, he's like, beds, beds would be great. I mean, and there's monsters under them, so that's awesome. You'd heard stories about mysteries. I think we're still not sure if mysteries are still a thing that exists in this period. Other than, obviously, the Chondra. You know, they're still around. But I don't think we've seen an actual mystery. I could totally see Wayne adopting one, though. Sure. They, they, they'd make a great pet for Wayne. He'd go full Dory. He's like, I will call him Squishy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get inside a mystery head in Malon. That's true. I've kind of yep. forgotten that. So I guess kind of we did see an actual mystery. It's just we don't know if any wild ones have survived. He, he has no bed, but they have a and no chairs, but they have a table that Uncle Gregor made back before he got crushed by a landslide. Yeah, and that would have been an interesting uh, visual. It's like this is like where I imagine this portion of the book anything told from wayne's perspective is actually like a sitcom and it like he he says that out loud and then it and then it skips to a random clip of a man being crushed by a rock slide like oh god and then just the canned laughter yeah but wayne wayne apparently is not a big fan of uncle gregor because he used to hit people fair yeah no i and so wayne's just hanging out uh I, i like when he when he thinks about uncle gregor he has to kick the table to not lose his hatred for Uncle Gregor. Uh, one day he hadn't come home, and so now Ma had to work in the mines. 
And so he is waiting up for his mother, but wants to not appear to be waiting up for his mother to come home from the mine. He He's washing laundry, which used to be his mother's job, but it didn't pay well enough. So, And sometimes people left stuck at stuff in the pockets, like this deck of cards. So he take, just takes things that he finds in the clothes. I mean, a deck of cards would have been ruined in the wash, so maybe it's fair. And then his mom's coming home and he pretends to be asleep, but he knows that she she knows that he's not asleep and he knows that she knows and so on and so forth. And then she's just like, Wayne, where'd you get these cards? Don't remember. Found them. And so it's like his his mom is the person who has to return all the shit that he appropriates. And he says, yeah, I got to I got to practice cards so I can make a good living. And she's like, how are you going to make a good living with cards? He's like, don't don't worry, I'll cheat. You can't make a living if you don't win. And I also like that she's like, Wayne, did you take Demi's pocket knife? And he's like, he talked, rust that rustin bastard. And then she says, Wayne, don't swear like that. And then he swears in a different accent instead. And we find out that Wayne is uh, learning things uh, from Doug. And Doug is nine. And he's like, Doug knows stuff. Yeah. Again, you always get that kid that just knows stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was, I remember. There was uh, a kid that I met. I was I was probably six or seven at the time, and he said uh, he he asked around in general to the general group of children sitting and eating snacks. Has anybody seen the Austin Powers the Spy Who Shagged Me movie? And I was like, Yeah, I saw that. Both of us being of an inappropriate age to view said film, <laughs> and uh, you know he just knew stuff. And uh, I, I stayed friends with that guy from that age all the way up through high school. And I didn't even go to school with him. It was just like, you know, uh, from that moment, we're, we we understood each other. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Now he owns a distillery. Makes some delicious bourbon. Oh, good ending for him. Intriguing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got some at my house right now. <laughs> so anyway, my point in that saying that story was, you know, this this kid, that kid is like Doug. Doug's going places. Right. Well, you know, this is probably the last we we hear of Doug unless he's the secret bad he's guy. He's the secret bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> it was Doug all along. He did know things. <laughs> it was Dougatha all along. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Doug's the one who caused the cave in the mine. You killed my mother, Doug. <laughs> Damn you. Wow. That's dark. No one came to my, no one came to the rally except my mum and her new boyfriend Doug, who I hate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Wayne's mom, another day, yeah. another Doug. Wayne's Wayne's mom is going to tell him a story, the tale of Blatant Barm, the unwashed bandit, and uh, it's also a an Alamancer Jack story. Apparently, Jack is the new guy on the scene. He's making a name for himself, getting these stories out there. Boo, Jack, you suck. Which I, I, I get. Jack was that old. I was about to say, I guess Jack's been around for a while, huh? Well, yeah, in that one really photograph, long. yeah, in that one photograph we see of him, he's got like white hair, right? Uh, I don't recall. Maybe. In the news clipping or whatever. I mean, yeah, but it was a black and white picture. I thought I thought he might have been blonde. Mm, I guess that's true. He's like uh, Alamancer Jack is like the the bad version of a uh, of uh, what's the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen guy? Oh, uh, Alan Quarterman. Yeah, he's like a bad Alan Quarterman. Oh, I can say that. He's like Alan Quartermain mixed with Zap Brannigan, as we've said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, rather than be played by Sean Connery, he's probably played by shit. I had it a second ago, and now I've forgotten. He's played by uh, 
Oh, Richard Gere. Oh, Richard <laughs> Gere. That's an interesting choice. I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna go with Christoph Waltz. Oh man, you can't waste Christoph Waltz on that. I mean, you know, it'd be oh. like he he doesn't want to really commit to the project. He just wants a, he wants a role and he wants it to be kind of funny and quirky. That's that's the yeah, kind no, of that's, thing. That's fair. That's fair. Like when he played uh, when he played that bad guy in Green Hornet. That was a ridiculous movie. That was great. Oh my gosh. But he's, he was fantastic in that. He's he's always fantastic. Be as he was. Now I'm just trying to picture who's Christoph Waltz in the books that we've read so far. If they made a movie. Yeah, so, I don't know. I mean, I I think Alamance Jack's a good fit. I don't I don't know. No, no, he'd be a great Mister Suit. Um, I was gonna say Uncle Uncle. I, I Edward. Remember Edward. Edward. Yeah. I agree. I think he's a great suit. Yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, Alamance Jack. New and interesting, and he'd been solving all kinds of tough crimes, at least according to Doug. And uh, Barm and his sidekicks, Gud the Killer and No Ways Joe, were ten times worse than any other bandit. And Wayne goes, ten times? That's almost double. And uh, he calls them bastards, and his mom's like, Wayne. And he's like, fine, regular old turds then. And she's like, wait, do do you know what the word bastard means? It's like, yeah, it's a bad turd. Doug told me. (laughs) I yeah. love that. That was a very it's it's a very funny moment, but at the same time very sad. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a there's an interesting bit where Wayne's like, oh, wait, if if Jack was so great, then how come he wouldn't? He's a lawman. Why not be a bandit? And his mom's like, well, I mean, what's harder, doing what's right or doing what's wrong? And he's like, doing what's right. She's like, okay, so who gets stronger, the fellow what does the easy thing or what does the hard thing? And he's just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Jack's first test was the River Human. The waters move at the speed of the train. It's the fastest river in the whole world. And so Jack has to shoot against Gud the Killer, who's like such an amazing shot. But Jack uh, was a better shot, and he shoots him. Just imagining this like whiskey-soaked redneck band is going, I'm Gud the Killer because I kill Gud. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you know what it is. His mom's just making this story up as she goes along, and Gud is oh, yeah. Doug. Is Gud is just Doug backwards? Oh my gosh, Gud is Doug backwards. Oh yeah, it just so, blew my mind, dude. And and the unwashed bandit. I mean, that's clearly Wayne. She's trying to like teach him a lesson because that kid never <laughs> takes a bath. No, she's <laughs> talking about talking about the washing because he hasn't actually done it. He was too busy playing with the cards. Yeah, no, he said he did the washing, didn't he? No, yeah. he did it. He yeah. uh, he did the washing, but he never washes himself. Okay. He seems to be very keen to help his mother, though. Yeah. yeah. Including help her tell the story, where she just says that, like, Jack shoots the guy, and he's and Wayne's like, oh, my gosh. And so, like, he lined up a shot and, like, shot him straight through the sights on the other guy's weapon and right into the eye. And his mom's like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, sure. Uh, why not? Yeah. Are you okay? That's what I would ask. <laughs> then his head exploded like a fruit, the crunchy kind <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, totally. He's like, dang, Ma, you shouldn't tell me such gruesome stories. <laughs> what a good helper. And then, uh, so Jack gets across the river by flying, using his elementic powers. He can fly and talk to birds and eat rocks. Which is funny, because it goes back to the Jack stories, where Jack has like the, the bird that he talks to that is his spirit animal or whatever. And he licks the rocks that time to find some tin. Where'd the flying thing come from? Yeah, that, I, you gotta get across <laughs> the river somehow, I guess. Yeah, I guess like, you know, they just anybody who has crazy allomancy powers, they probably just attribute that to being able to like shoot themselves places. Sure. But I think my favorite bit of this story is the Canyon of Death that's filled with a million snakes. And it's like, oh, Jack was smart. So he brought snake food, but just one piece. So then he made all the snakes fight each other for it and they all killed each other. 
And then the last snake that was left, he talked into biting no ways Joe. And once again, Wayne jumps in. It's like, and so he turned purple and was like bleeding out his ears and his bones melted. And she's like, oh, yeah, that's the thing that happened. <laughs> it's like, you tell the best stories, Ma. It's like, oh, if only we could afford therapy. <laughs> right. And and then the final challenge is the lone Mesa. But Blatant Barm is the Mesa. He became the Mesa. And he swallows Jack whole. And then Jack chokes him from the inside to win. Classic. Classic Jack. He should add some Arnold Schwarzenegger-like quip. Like, <laughs> well, he choked him out, and it's like, oh, shoot, I had it. Be careful what, what you eat. Or what? Yeah, yeah. He chokes him out, and he's just <laughs> like, oh, all I can think of is ice to meet you. That's definitely not it. <laughs> Guess he swallowed more than he could chew. Yeah. <laughs> he bit off more than he could chew. Yeah. <laughs> next, next time, breathe better. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe you should go on a diet. <laughs> he really needs a lozenge. <laughs> or he just he just like goes in his ear. He's like Ricola. <laughs> uh, he just pops out and goes Mentos the fresh man <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. <sighs> uh, in a very insightful moment by young eleven year old Wayne or what uh, however old he is, I think he's said eleven. Uh, he says. Ma, is this a story about the mine? And she's like, you know, I guess we all do have to walk into the beast's mouth now and then. So maybe. And she tells him that anyone can be like the lawman in the story. And he says, even me. And she goes, especially you. You're whatever you want to be. You're the wind. You're the stars. You're all endless things, which is a poem that she likes. I love that. I thought it was so pretty. Mm -hmm. It was. Which then, of course, means that a paragraph later it has to be followed up with until the next day when there was another collapse at the mine and that day she didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, makes me sad. It's brutal. (laughs) Oh, God, it was so brutal. Wayne's mom seems like seems so nice. And uh, who knows what he did after that up until he was 16 and like shot a guy. So he's living in this book. So, yeah, it's a decent gap. And then chapter one, 29 years later. Well, there is one thing in the prologue which I did want to bring up. Okay. I uh, don't. We successfully passed it now. I don't want to jump on the whole like Wayne hating train like I did at the start of the last book too much. But I just remembered like we got that email about how his trading things was like a mental compulsion or something. Mm-hmm. And in, in this, at one point before she tells the story, he's like, "I don't want to be a thief. I like I want to be a good boy. It just happens." I assume that's what the email was referring to. Oh, maybe it hadn't even occurred to me that it might have been from the because pre- the preview of that has been out for a while. So yeah, it could be. Oh uh, yeah, yeah the, they would have already read this prologue piece. I was about to say, how would they have known? But yeah, that this has been out. Yeah, so I, I assume that's what they're referring to. And I'm like, now that I've read this, I can sort of see that. But I'm also mm-hmm. just like, but now it's like he knows, like he's just admitted he knows it's the wrong thing to do. And rather than, and even even as an adult, like he rather than like. Like, trying to come up with methods to work on his compulsion and not do it. Instead, he just dresses it up in the whole, I'm trading, to make himself feel better. And, like, that annoyed <laughs> me. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not really, even if it is somewhat of a compulsion when you're 11 years old, it's not really an excuse for your behavior as as a, a matured, hopefully matured adult. But I think yeah. that may be part of Wayne's biggest problem is clearly he is not a completely mature person, um, yeah. which, you know, he's obviously had a very difficult life, but that doesn't that doesn't necessarily excuse behavior. 
uh, that, yeah. that goes on when you're an adult, even if your life has been difficult. You, he's had enough time now to learn from other people about the appropriate ways to behave. And I think I think what a positive thing that can be said for Wayne is that he really has, especially even in this in this first chapter with him in Marissa, it's like he has changed. He has developed some. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he has matured and grown in certain ways, but there's there's certain like hardcore aspects of his of his makeup that just haven't haven't adjusted to be completely appropriate or compatible with with what people Society. find to be appropriate behavior yeah exactly yeah so and i guess like like marisol is really the only person who's willing to call him on it and he doesn't and while he appreciates her as a friend he doesn't necessarily listen to her advice right so because like wax doesn't call bother calling him on it i think he just goes oh well it's a hopeless case it's just what he's gonna do i'm like yeah but you kind like you should still try and help him you're enabling it too now by yep. just yeah. attacking- Wax and but we have to also have to remember Wax only met him like five years after that so yeah you know and at that time Wax was not ready to probably be that kind of mentor to a kid like sure. Wayne and then at a certain point when you're a young man and you're around somebody else who's immature you don't necessarily stoop to their level but a lot of times you kind of just excuse it and just say eh I mean that's just the way it is I don't really want to deal with it yeah. That's fair. But it has been six years since we last saw him. So maybe he's maybe he I mean, like Joe says, there's already some good signs in there of his interactions with Marisai. This is if Brandon's going to develop the character in some positive ways. This book is this is the last chance, probably. So, yeah, well, it's true. We don't know. Some world ending event might happen. Wayne Man, might if, run, run off to if, a different planet. Who knows? If Wayne takes over Harmony, I'm going to have some serious questions. Oh, goodness. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Oh, Wayne dear. is God. Don't even. Yeah. I don't know that anyone would be happy with that situation. <laughs> no, I don't think even Wayne would be happy with it. The responsibility he don't want. Looking at himself, like, what have I done? <laughs> oh, gosh. So, okay, 29 years later is chapter one. And we start with Marisai had never been in a sewer before, but it was exactly as awful as she'd imagined. Which, yeah, okay, I believe that. But at least she wore her knee-high leather work boots. So there's that. But as she walks, each boot pulls free with a squelch. And I'm like, oh, it's we don't need all of this information. And Wayne's over here complaining. Wax never brought me into a rusted sewer. And she's like, well, I mean, <laughs> there aren't sewers in the roughs, though, right? <laughs> you guys just have holes that you dig and you build like a house out around it, right? And he says, no, but I mean, pasture smell almost as bad. He did make me go through those, but they didn't have spiders. And I, I, I like how instead of trying to, you know, shut him up or whatever, she's just at, they've been partners for six years or something. So she's just like, she just plays into it. Like, why not? We'll we'll, we'll go into the discussion. She's like, yeah, the, the patches probably did have spiders. You just couldn't see him. So Marisai's just like, you want to talk about it? You're in a bad mood. Come on, let's. And uh, Wayne doesn't want to talk about it at first. And he, he goes off on like, uh, he they were at a perfume shop recently. And he's like, oh, you can't trust a guy who's always hiding their smell or somebody that doesn't smell like a man should and she goes sweat and booze and he says sweat and cheap booze she's like how do you why do you how, how can you complain about somebody else like disguising anything you change personalities all the time and he's but does my smell change and she goes i suppose not and he goes argument one there are literally no holes in it whatsoever <laughs> does my smell does my smell change you know we, i could stand for it to happen right <laughs> But that's the the best part is that he thinks about it for a moment and then he's like, I guess I probably should like change my smell so I can be more convincing in my disguises. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I love he's turned it around to something constructive and gone, oh, 
oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> Actually, you make a good point. And then she calls him out for not wearing boots in the sewer because he's complaining about his shoes. And he says, ain't got no boots. Wax stole them. And she's like, not uh, really. Wax stole your boots. Well, they're in his closet instead of three pairs of his poshest shoes, which somehow end up in my closet completely by happenstance. Something there. <sighs> <Okay>. <laughs> Leave it alone, Dak. You got shit to do. Yeah, well. <laughs> ah, so it begins. So it begins. And I like Marisai's thinking that she can't fall because if she falls, he will never stop laughing. So <laughs> he's going to fall in the sewer. And eventually we get to, he, he finally comes out with it as they're exploring this sewer. He's like, I think Melon's going to break up with me. And it's like, why do you think that? Well, because of her telling me, Wayne, I'm probably going to have to break up with you. Like, frankly, I was amazed they were still together. Oh, I know, right? It's like yeah, six year on and off relationship with a conjurer. I mean, that's pretty crazy. I mean, like Harmony's just like, uh, yeah, no, like you get six years with this dude. Like, I don't need you for that t- that amount of time. Like, isn't, isn't this one of your top agents? Like, you don't need her anywhere else. Maybe she's still still going on missions, and they're just you know long distance sometimes. Maybe she, maybe she's accumulated like two hundred years worth of long service leave. So she, <laughs> she's, she's just cashed it all in for six years of um <laughs> hanging out with a new boyfriend. Would you cash it in for Wayne? I don't think so. I, I don't think that's what's going on here. Yeah, Melon's a candor. She doesn't think like we do. She might have different... Mm. I was going to say standards, but no, that's probably not the right term. Six years might that's seem true. like nothing to her, to be fair. Like, that's what I was about to say. I probably, yeah, I probably shouldn't make a big deal out of six years, because she wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically like two weeks over summer. I, I She's like, it. our summer has finally come to an end. I'm going to have to break up with you. Yeah, Exactly. He's like, but I thought we were in love. And she's like, no. I think my favorite bit is Wayne's explanation of the proper way to break up with someone. He throws something at his head, sell his stuff, and tell his mates he's a knob. Yeah. Sounds about right. There's the question of a prostitute who she calls a woman of ill repute, and he gets very upset and saying, well, her reputation is the best. She works so hard. (laughs) Uh, Of of all the holes on the block, she gives the best. No, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to know. And uh, Marisai tells him that he's the best partner she's ever had. And Wayne says only partner. And she goes, well, doesn't Gorglin count? Nope, he's not human. I got papers. What proof? He's a giraffe in disguise. <laughs> doesn't make any sense. I hope we meet Gorglin now. It's so specific. Where does he come up with this stuff? He's a giraffe in disguise. How do you think that quickly? I do admire the skill. It's so specific a giraffe. I assume that he's really tall or something, and that's why, but I don't know. So, several yeah, years maybe he has a really long neck. <laughs> several years ago, like I was when I was doing the youth theater stuff, like the like I got told by the director, all right, I want you to write a scene, just a scene of like a reality show set in the African savannah with a bunch of washed up celebrities. Uh, I'm like, okay, no worries. So I went to town on it. And one of the things I created was like I had these five people um, sitting around arguing and the announcer who was just a voiceover would come over and say, all right, your bonus challenge is to figure out who in the group is secretly an African animal in disguise. And like you got these five people argue each other and it's like, oh, God, we can't figure this out. Hey, maybe we should ask like the sixth guy, Shefo. And they turn around and this and this dude who like he's wearing a hippo mask and a chef's outfit. And I was like, do you think he might know? And I, I remember thinking that was the funniest shit I have ever written. And and everyone's like, yeah, it was kind of funny. I'm like, fuck you. I love Chefo. <laughs> I, what I 
did I see that one? Yeah, you saw that one. Yeah. Because <laughs> like there's 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 a whole they they ask like he's he's like whisking something in a bowl and like they ask him he's like hey Chefo do you know who the African animal is and he just freezes there's a long pause and then he just slowly shakes his head. <laughs> okay, that's good. That I was I was gonna say that's that's the important part of the bit is gonna be like his reaction when uh, when he gets confronted about this. So I was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that was good. That was well done. I think. I, I think the scene ended with like one of the one of the others based on this obnoxious radio host here in Australia. They went up saying it's got to be him. He's clearly a water buffalo, and <laughs> you sort of get the sense they they knew he wasn't, but they were all sick of his shit and they just wanted him to get voted off. Nice. No, I, I, I like this bit now. I want to. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Sorry. Back to the thing. <laughs> uh, so they find a door exactly where it was on the map. How convenient. And uh, Wayne's just like, that's some first-rate detective in Marisai. So it's nice to see how, how well they work together uh, and that he respects her her ability to actually do the legwork, which he's obviously never going to do. I need a knife to get through this. You can use my razor-sharp wit. Alas, Wayne, you aren't the type of tool I need at the moment. His response is, I like that one. That was good. <laughs> yep. If nothing else, I can always respect that Wayne can laugh at himself. True. And so she apparently has still been wor- has been working for all these years on hunting down the set, which Wax may have retired from completely. I don't know. I mean, his uncle's dead, but his sister's still out there. So Wax still was as as interested in the whole trail thing as Marisai was, though. It's true. Like you'd think, like with Telson, he'd probably still be focused on it, but um, he was really in it for the personal side of things first with Miles and then with Suit. Yep. Yeah, it's all been personal. For, that's a good point. I didn't even consider that, that Miles was just like an extension of this whole thing has been very personal for Wax. Yeah. And so this is her latest lead. She's found this, uh, what she thinks is going to be some sort of some set operation happening down here in the sewer. They caught all those guys six years ago, but everyone they'd captured, including Wax's uncle, was killed in an explosion. So that was that was been a pretty big explosion. It, we saw it take out suit. I don't know that we realized that all of them were dead. Everyone they captured just level the building maybe and so they have no evidence to prove that like there's anyone beyond who they'd already captured involved in this uh, big conspiracy and the end of chapter one is them slipping through the doorway and off to who knows where or what okay so we cut to steris and wax getting ready cravat yes shoes polished first piece of evidence so they're going down her her checklist of uh, everything that he needs for this and i i like i like how they work together in this way. Like she makes the list. He's, he's checking the items off the list. We're all good. Yeah. I, and you know, it, 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 uh, she, it proves very useful because she's going through the list and he forgot one of the items. Yep. Kind of a very important item. In fact, I'm like, come on, wax really. And so, yeah, she brought a spare two actually. And then we got little Maxillium who's five years old. So they had a kid pretty quick after uh, getting married. I like the note that he knows his letters, but he likes to make up his own instead. And so, Max is like dog picture. Mark's like, yeah, might need one of those. Okay. Cat picture. I'm bad at cats. It looks like a squirrel. And then there's baby tinned will off in the corner with Kath, the governess. And I also like that he has these pistols that he wears. Apparently when he goes to these Senate meetings that uh, Renette had designed specifically to look menacing, but they have two safeties and they're not loaded. So they're actually extremely safe weapons. They just are supposed to look intimidating. <laughs> And there's a moment where he's trying to convince Terrace, like, I mean, you're the one who's done all, most of the work on this, all the preparation. You should be doing this. And she's like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not good with people. 
And so Wax goes out onto the floor, and we've got a new governor, Governor Varlance. And he's thinking that he misses Aradel. So then I guess Aradel's retired again or something. That was my uh, that was my D and D character's catchphrase. I'm not good with people. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also got a uh, the new governor is a military man because of the tensions with the southern continent. So this is supposed to look good to the people that they've got uh, a capable military sort of guy ready to deal with that to uh, the Malwish or the Malwish are the foremost nation of the southern continent, but. They make constant noise about how small and weak the basin was. But I do love that uh, apparently the governor's wearing like all these medals and Wax is like, where did he earn those? Like, I don't <laughs> think there's ever been any fighting. That one's just a bottle cap. <laughs> Show them the medal I won, Kiff. Uh, he rented it with his tax uh, rebate. <laughs> <laughs> what do I call it, Kiff? <sighs> Sex, Lexia. <laughs> And Varlin's vice governor is a terrorist woman. And Wax is like, maybe I knew her in the village. Might have been her sister. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to keep track. But apparently it looks respectable for a governor to have a terrorist person on staff. And her name is Atawathwin, which is a bit of a mouthful, I feel like. But that's that's terrorist names for you. And so Wax stands up and he's going to talk about this bill, which he says his first statement is this bill is a fantastically stupid idea. And so apparently the bill, which the the voices that are against him, they're like, this is about uniting. And he is like, this is no, what this is going to do is drive a further wedge between us and the outer cities. The idea is that the governor of Ellendale will be officially elevated to a position as leader over the whole basin, which I guess has been sort of a like a de facto thing before now, because Ellendale was the only sit, big city, the only one that mattered, essentially. But now the outer cities are kind of growing, kind of getting a little upset and pissed off at Ellendale. And so Wax is like, maybe we shouldn't, you know, elect a leader for the whole basin without giving the outer cities any say in it whatsoever. That might piss them off, which I'm like, yeah, maybe just a little bit. Right. And so uh, Wax has to first plot. He's like, I mean, six years ago, I had a little adventure. You guys might have heard about it. Discovered an airship, found the bands of mourning. And somebody mumbles like, yeah, and you almost started a war. And he's like, well, what? So I should have just let the plot succeed. I dare anyone in this room to question my loyalty to Ellendale. We can have a nice little duel. I'll even let you shoot first. So, yeah, that, that's a, that's a, a way to approach politics, to just challenge everyone <laughs> who disagrees to a duel. Hey, he's so aggro. It's like, <laughs> it's a stupid bill. It's like, no, no, open with a joke. You're losing them. <laughs> <laughs> Check, checks notes. Okay, call it stupid. Challenge people right. to duel. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, got it, question, got it. Mm-hmm. Question mark. Profit? All right, yeah, all right, all right. Then uh, accuse a guy with evidence of being a, what's the word? He took a bribe, uh, you know. Crooked. Crooked guy, sure. <laughs> and then he, like, he looks down the list and knows what, hey, hang on, has Wayne been writing here? It says make make uh, rude comments about someone's parentage. <laughs> Throw bread at governor. What? <laughs> Trade governor's medals for my pocket watch. Come on. <laughs> hey, maybe that's where you got the medals. Ah, uh, he traded. <laughs> yeah, yep, did, okay. some, did some Wayne trading? Yep, I like Wayne that. Did something else, and he went. These are cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I like this is the, the my favorite idea for how that happened. Okay, I'm I'm with it. Hey, <laughs> have you seen the tongs for the for, for the fireplace? No. Well, there's just some metal sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> These will look good on my governor uniform. <laughs> I I like the more we find out about this bill, the, the more ridiculous it seems. Where it's just like the gov the governor of Allendale will have the ability to intervene in local disputes in the outer cities. That he can remove a a mayor and call for a special election and approve the candidates for the election. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it makes, it makes absolutely no sense. No logic person would agree to be governed in that way. It's just like, give him all of the power for no reason, except for to bring the basin under central governance. It's you can, you could not argue that it's unif it's unifying. It is nothing but dividing. I'm still struggling to see the actual benefits to the as cities at all. Yeah, I don't think there is there are any benefits, but that's because nobody in the Senate has to care about the outer cities right now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, really, they probably don't want to give up any power to the outer cities. Like they're like, well, if we let them have a say in stuff, then they might actually do something we don't like. That's yeah. Not a but good like, idea for us. But then it's like the point is like, how do you expect them to actually take this lying down? Like, yeah. Or, like or how, just, how does or anyone just, think this is not going to be a problem? Yeah, or how do, how do you how are you trying to spin it to say, oh no, they'll they'll respond and understand that we're trying to unify them? It's like no, that's no, that's not it at all. That's not even close. They're not, they're not going to think that one little iota. They're like, we have to show unified strength against the the Malwish and the Southerners so they don't attack us. But it's what you're going to do is probably create a civil war and then give more reason yeah. to attack you. But I also like how they say that right in front of the Maoish, like, <laughs> rep the ambassador. there. Yeah, the ambassador <laughs> to the Maoish people. They just say that right in front of the person. It's like, if we go to war with these Maoish, we got to be unified. It's like, dude, they, they're right there. They can, you know, they can hear you, right? <laughs> Yo, and, what the fuck? And it's addressed in the article later about how they were very disturbed and had to leave. <laughs> so Wax points out, it's like, look, this shit here is exactly why the people of the outer cities are so upset. Like th this, th th this kind of shit. And so it's like, this is not a show of force. It's not going to make anyone happy. If we pass this law, we are demanding a civil war. And Wax is like, somewhere in here, I, the set is pushing for this to pass. I, I know that that's going on behind the scenes and I'm trying to stop it. And he pulls out his, his second piece of evidence. He's like, I have 60 letters from outer city politicians. They're reasonable people. They want to work with us. But if we keep doing this, we're they're not going to be able to like no, we're, we're slapping the, their hands away when they reach out for cooperation. And so what he wants is let's have a national assembly where everyone gets to elect a representative and then we can have a leader of the whole basin elected by that group, somebody that actually represents everybody. And he gets booed, not as many boos as he expected, but it's just like, wow, OK. I also like how the decorum in their Senate is like, oh, we can boo somebody if we don't like what they just said. <laughs> so like there's absolutely no decorum of like, OK, wait till he's finished speaking and rebut him. It's just like, boo, you stink. It sounds very akin to I've watched the Australian Parliament sit at times. I'm just like, how the fuck do you people get away with this? This is like watching preschoolers. Yeah, it's pretty rude. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, one, one of the politicians will get up to say something. The entire opposing side will start just going, ah, blah, 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 at one point. 
<laughs> when um when Julia Gillard was prime minister, I remember watching it, and one of the women senators on the other side, like I saw her just mouth the words, "You bitch." Okay, that's yeah. Okay, that's it. That's an interesting. There you go. I want to watch some of this now. It's on one level, it is kind of entertaining, and the other level, you're just like, fuck, these people are in charge of our country. Yeah. See, for me, it, it, I, I wouldn't have the same concern because that's not my country, but uh, the people in charge of my country are also ridiculous. So you know. Yeah. Well, we get the same when we watch you watch your politics unfolding because that <laughs> is very much on the world stage all the time. It's true. But I. A guy jumps up and just a really low blow on wax. He's like, look, you're a new parent. You just you don't know anything about how to raise a child. I get it. Let me explain to you. Uh, let me condescend to you about this, which Wax's kid, oldest kid is five. I feel like new parent is a little uh, stretch at this point. But yeah. Also, how belittling is it of this guy? Like, that's that's how I would have defeated your argument. It's like you're literally calling uh, adult people who run other cities children. Mm hmm. And that you you are somehow higher and loftier in intelligence than they are, and you know what's best for them. It's like their their own people with their own culture at this point. Like, what are you talking about? Fortunately, he has an even better rebuttal because he expected exactly this guy to give him some shit. And so he pulls out a letter and reads it out. Dear, the guy's name is Melstrom. A letter from House Hastings and House Arakel, which are apparently two of the big houses. Those are also two of the the high houses back in the Luthadel days in the first. I say, I've definitely book. heard those names. Yep. But so apparently, you know, the rich stay rich. But uh, so yeah, it, it's a letter that's basically like, oh, we're, we're super pleased that you're willing to accept our bribe and uh, support the bill that we want passed. So thanks for that. So what idiot wrote that down in a letter? Yeah, I know. Who left a paper trail? And everyone starts yelling and Wax is like, I demand that we have a hearing on this senator's blatant violations of the anti-corruption laws. And the governor's like, oh, so you want to d- delay the voting the voting on this important bill? And he's like, well, I mean, how can we vote on it if we aren't sure that votes are being cast in good faith? And the governor agrees that, yes, OK, we'll have the hearing, but we're still going to vote today. And we'll just that senator and the two senators from like the people who are bribing him, they all have to sit out. The three of them have to sit out of the vote, but we're going to vote. Was Eric Hill the ones who had, like, the, the special train cars and stuff in Alloy of Law? Was that them? That was House Techiel. Oh, okay. Which is funny, because when I looked up House Eric Hill, it's like, Kelsier tells Straff Venture to look into House Eric Hill's possible dealings with House Techiel. So, <laughs> it's the same people in charge. That's really not a good sign that, uh, you know, 300 years have passed and it's still these same assholes. But whatever. And so Wax gets his final say. I also like the uh, the the guy the governor asked him okay any more explosions or explosions to detonate and Wax is like oh no explosions were my old partner's specialty <laughs> uh, they're always throwing off on each other Wayne says it's Wax that explosions happen around Wax says it's Wayne <laughs> and so Wax has to be like okay look if you guys say that we have to take on the role of parent all right well here's how parenting should be done we can't treat these people like toddlers and uh, he sits down after his little speech. There's a guy sitting next to him. He's like, oh, good job, you know, and they vote. And he's he's thinking that the problem really is that, like, there's now more people living outside Ellendale than inside of Ellendale. But the laws date back to when there had been one city and a bunch of little farming villages that, like, weren't relevant. So the laws have not kept up with the reality. 
and the, the the bill passes 122 to 118. So very close, but Wax's side does not win. And he's just like, okay, I guess if I want to stop a civil war, I'm going to have to do it another way. And so then we get our first bit of broadsheet. Apparently this the month is Mayor Will. So Mayor gets a month named after her. And this is a paper from Bilming. We get the the beginning of Handerwim presents Nikki Savage and the Compass of Spirits. So apparently Jack's old uh, manservant Handerwim is now publishing Nikki Savage stories. Ooh, has Handerwim been fired or is he has he quit? Right? Yeah, I want to know. Uh, we 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 need to know more about what's happening here. Does does Nikki Savage pay him better? She probably gives him more respect at the very least. Maybe she doesn't leave him behind all the time, which is what yeah. that we. <laughs> Oh, but yes. Okay, so actually, I'd rather stay with Captain Leela. <laughs> so we get that uh, in my last letter, the haunted man, my two faceless immortal companions, and I saw the coin shot and Vila Meccan to grab the compass of spirits and throw herself off. So the haunted man is what she called the guy in the previous paper who we decided was Naz. So really, he's back hanging out with Nikki, and she has two Chandra that run around with her, which that's kind of fascinating. And uh, so there's a discussion here with the Chandra, and I, I like, hey, do you remember when you were human, the Coloss, in A Hero for All Ages? You were masterful. You can do this. So apparently human is uh, in, in some plays and stuff. I missed that. I didn't realize. But it seems uh, like. Happy for human. Yeah, right. So we got K-Sun or K-Sun <laughs> and Tabar are the I, Chandra. I, I, I can't take K-Sun seriously because, like, one of the most popular Australian pub rock songs is called K-San and, or K-San. Yeah. And so anytime I read the name, that's that's all I hear. And I'm just like, <laughs> Jimmy Barnes got here. Okay. Well, I have never heard that, so. <laughs> it's very much an Aussie thing, so. I got you, Dak. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, any Aussies listening are just like, I know. Oh, yep, I know it. We've all heard it. We've all belted it out when we've had a few too many twoies. <laughs> <laughs> this is why the Aussie listeners tune in for the uh, the Aussie specific content. Yeah, none like of this American stuff. crap. <laughs> <laughs> but this is really fascinating to me because what they're what they seem to be saying here is that Kason and Tabar are going to like merge together to form like a larger creature. Which that just I, I've never even considered that possibility before. It left me like dumbfounded when I read this. Like, re- is that what we're really? Yeah, yeah. it's very strange. Makashiva, Makashiva. <laughs> she's she's a stranger even than the Beast of Belmont Couture or that time when I was Alamancer Jack's assistant. And then there's a little note directly under that that we want to retract our editor's comments from two weeks ago prior to her disappearance. When she compared our beloved mirror to an irascible boar. So apparently the editor of the newspaper says something unkind about the mayor and disappears. Yeah, yep. that's uh, that makes you feel safe, doesn't it? Yeah. And then I like this little piece of a letter to the editor at the bottom where it's like, once again, I must object to your continued allowance of ads for Sunni Industries, Sunni pups who have also ignored. I'm like, I want more information on this. Somebody's really upset about Sunni pups. <laughs> Turns out they have mistrace labor. Ooh. He's like, you actually got uh, mistrace work in the production line to make these teddy cubs. That would be funny, actually. Is that that animal cruelty? I think that'd be animal cruelty. Probably. I mean, I guess they'd be considered animals. Yeah. And then we we get a picture of the two people we've just been uh, hearing about, the governor and the, uh, the, 
what is it? What is she called? The vice governor. Which that I, I that's a that's a big old terrorist afro, I guess. And this guy and the governor looks like he's out of like a Civil War picture or something, which maybe he will be if a Civil War is about to kick off. I didn't think about that until <laughs> he looks uncomfortably like a blonde version of um, like who was the who was the main butler in Downton Abbey? Like the Mr. Carson. Yeah, that guy. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't never watch that show. So he just looks so pale here. And I don't know if it's just, you know, it's a black and white newspaper. So but he looks like a ghost. He's in front of a black background, and he's wearing a what appears to be a white coat. So, mm, it's a fair point. Didn't they say? Didn't they say somewhere that the fashion now was that they are very pale and they've got white uh, hats stuff? So that would make sense. That's a good. Yeah, that would make sense. You're right. And so, just the article is like, you know, they're voting on this big important bill. The debate centers around the so-called lawman senator of the roughs, who has been visiting. Areas around the basin to solidify uh, his stance, while Governor Varlance and his cronies vehemently oppose this tag. And I, I like the end when Varlance was asked if t- if he too thought the basin might be headed towards war with the Maoists, she merely patted his chest where he'd conspicuously hung his military medals. I think it's interesting that it's the terrorist woman who seems to be like leading the charge on all this, because for like the entire first trilogy, the terrorists were really sort of the outcast people. Mm-hmm. You know, the Scar were the general population, but the terrorists were even worse. Like, they were, like, less than Scar, it seemed like. And, but now, like, you know, you've got a terrorist person in charge, and they're, you know, they're no longer the outcasts, but they're, but this terrorist woman is leading the charge against the new outcasts and the Malwish people. Like, that seems, that just seems a very strange comparison to me. I guess it just shows you that people are people. Yeah. Always, always going to be some people who want power and don't learn from history. <laughs> yep. So... We go back to Marisai and Wayne, who are... No, hang on, hang on. You skipped the best ad on this paper. It's like the help wanted Bendeloy Misting Cook for New Quick Eats Cafe. I'm like, that is a brilliant idea. Like, Oh, can you see that one? I thought that, that in the picture I was looking at, that whole ad doesn't appear. It's just like help wanted Bendeloy. And I was like, oh, okay, so the cook part isn't in here yet. Because I agree. Yeah. I love that ad. Yeah. It's like, that, that's a, that is a great idea. You know, you get a proper steak within two minutes rather than 30 or however the fuck long it takes. It is genius. Though with how expensive Bendeloy is, I feel like that, that's going to be a pricey restaurant. True, yeah. I know that's a rip, but I'll pay for the convenience. Yeah. But yes, that was exactly my reaction the first time. I'm like, that's an, that's an incredible idea. Like, geez. And that could really work in all sorts of, uh, of industries it's just like you know i need a bendeloy mechanic that can fix cars fast or you know yeah right bendeloy is is uh, the bendeloy mistings are the in-demand employees of the future you can have somebody like writing code who is gonna you know you pay for the bendeloy to speed it up that's really the thing it says a bendeloy misting you just hire yourself out for like these short-term jobs where it's like hey, our company needs to do this in a very short amount of time, so we're going to pay you this exorbitant consulting fee to come and stand in our office and speed everything up. Uh, okay, so we're back to Marisai and Wayne. And they fa- uh, they're into a tunnel. They found some footprints in the dust. And he says, well, they aren't making this hike. Like, there's not enough footprints recent to – they're not hiking through this way regularly, so they must have another way in and out. And they decide to continue without backup. Because she doesn't want to mobilize a whole force for what what could end up being a dead end. And so they're hiking down through this cavern, which she she imagines that the caverns must be as old as the Ascendant Warrior or even older. Probably older. But And there's more footprints. I like Wayne's like, are we sure they came this way? And she's like, 
yeah, I mean, who else would have made the footprints? You like, how did you not see those, Wayne? You're remarkably oblivious for detective. And he's like, nah, you and Wax are the detectives. I'm bullet stopper, skull knocker, guy who occasionally gets exploded. Good description for Wayne. Yep. These are his areas of expertise. And then Wayne has some more uh, misogynistic, as she calls, as she rightfully terms it. It's like, do you want to hear my list of ways that women break the laws of physics? And I like, she's like, okay, so how misogynistic is it on a scale? <laughs> and he goes, 13? And she goes, out of what, 17? What kind of a insane scale is that? Why would you pick seven, at least pick 16? Because, you know, 16 is an important uh, number on this world. And uh, so, yes, he has, and I don't, there's not necessarily need to go into this, his, his list of ways that women break the laws of physics, taking off clothes, make them hotter. And I like, she's like, well, I mean, men too. I don't see why that's, uh, he's like, what about Alec? And she goes, with Alec, it's more the mask. So that's, I guess they're still a thing or they are a thing. I don't know that still, they were just kind of flirting at the last mm-hmm. book. No, nah, she's just, she's just into it for the last six years for the chocolate. <laughs> I like he, he's like oh, so you want to hear number two and she goes actually i kind of do and he's like wax would have said no i'm not wax fair enough number two ask a woman how much she weighs and then lift her and she'll have increased in weight ferrochemists every single one asshole and I, I like that she's like my dad made jokes about women lying about their weight like when i was a kid and he's like oh crap is that an old man joke am i an old man Oh shit, when did I become my dad? I think it's worse for Wayne to be her dad. <laughs> yep. And so, okay, so uh, does this mean I can get I can be the grumpy old one in the partnership and you can be the young spunky one what swears all the time and makes bad life decisions? And she says, "Do I get a lucky hat?" Which the, this banter between them is really fun. It's different from like Wax and Wayne, but I like it. I can't really see them doing the Riggs and Murtaugh thing. <laughs> <laughs> With Wayne as Murtaugh? No, yeah. yeah. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Wayne is crazy enough to be a Riggs. I could, you know, maybe see that. Sure. Yeah, but like he's saying he wants to be the grumpy old one, so he yeah, can't be no. the Riggs. Well, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't work as a Murtaugh, but... <laughs> and uh, so, okay. She tells, she says, hey, let's be quiet so that we don't, you know, alert anyone. And they, they're exploring further forward. I just love her lines. As much as I love learning whatever has metastasized in your brain lately. <laughs> like, oh, oh, that is brilliant. Stealing that. Yep. And so they spot some guards playing cards on an overturned box. And I like Wayne is just like, ah, oh, tragic. Like he's going to break the silence when they know there's bad guys down here to just be like, that guy's got a great hand. Like one in a million. And he's playing against his broke buddy on guard duty. Waste of a full-on survivor suit. So I like that, like, survivor mythology is even is, is, is so pervasive. It's even, like, the card games are named after or whatever. The, the, this hand. Yeah. And so, okay, they, they they find another tunnel that splits off. And she's like, okay, let's go see what's down this one. And it kind of goes around and hits a kind of dead end. Though there's, like, a little hole in the rocks that you can see through. And through it, there are – there's a big room, like – She's as big as a dock, a dock warehouse full of men and women and boxes. So she's like, oh, my gosh, after months of work, I have found it. Like, this is the big operation, their big smuggling base they've set up underneath the city. And this is probably a mix of outer city interests and the set. And Wayne's like, good job. Uh, when you tell the constable general about this, leave out the part where I whined about the sewage. 
And so apparently she counts 37 people all armed and the boxes are probably full of weapons and explosives components because one of the ways that Ellendale keeps control of the outer cities is that they do not allow weapons into the outer cities from Ellendale. And she says she didn't like the outer cities being forced to work these this way, but these, this gang had killed innocent people. And plus they were probably collaborating with some kind of evil God bent on the subjugation or destruction of the world. So, you know, you do what you gotta do. And so Wayne says, Hey, see the guy in the back of the nice outfit. That's gotta be our new cycle which that apparently is a rank in the suit. And she says that mild hundreds, hundred lives had been a cycle reporting to the suit above him. Yeah. So got some, they've obviously learned some information in the last six years about how the set operates. So that's Mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. And so, uh, he's like, okay, so Wayne's like, you shoot that guy. And I bet the whole group will just like fold. Mangalores won't fight without their leader. And, uh, Maris is like, that is not how it works in the real world. And Wayne's like, yeah, sure it is. I mean, if he's paying them, then they're not going to keep fighting if they're not going to get paid. <laughs> and she's like, no, look, you know how we do this. Confirmation, coordination, backup, authorization, all the, all that good stuff. And then uh, Wayne pulls out Wax's old badge, which uh, like his rough lawman badge and says, oh, he traded me for it. And she goes, for what? And, he's, and he says, half a meat nail bun. He'll find it eventually. They get real hard to ignore, which, oh, geez. <sighs> Ew. Yeah, ew, indeed. It's not even a whole bun. It's half of one, which, ew. <laughs> but, I mean, surely doesn't he have his own badge? You would think, right? As a deputy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it's not like a sweet roughs badge, which is what he's describing, isn't it? No, yeah. I mean, like, from his days in the roughs, like, he was a deputy to wax out there. Oh, you think he gave him a badge? No way. Mm. <laughs> he was just the kid who tagged along. And then just as they're getting ready to to head back and go through all the proper everything, one of the guards comes around the corner and this, he was going to relieve himself. And Wayne has to take him down, but it's too late. The alarm's gone up. And Wayne's like, OK, my way it is then. And that's the end of our chapters. Ah, Wayne's way it is. So predicaments, where do we think? What, <laughs> what, where are we going from here? This is the beginning of a brand new book, a whole new adventure six years after the last one. What's going to happen? Well, the the present, I think we mentioned it with the presence of the map showing the whole continent. Hopefully that means that we're going to travel around and see a whole bunch of stuff. I feel like I, 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 can't, I really hope we explore more of this, you know, Marisai and Wayne doing their thing while Wax tries to hold the home fort. I think like maybe showing those two stories gives a chance to some different character dynamics uh, and like different stories. I don't know. I, I think it's a bit early for me to really call where too much is going, especially because I am expecting this one to go full bonkers. So I don't really know what else could thing but one thing like which seems so obvious in hindsight which i don't think we called last time you know the book's title is the lost metal and like hang like i forgot what that was referring to but back in the second book they're saying that was what they call atium mm-hmm. so like all right are they bringing atium back into it are they, so i think i think that's got to mean it's all about the god metals you know we know trell has been issuing spikes to they issued spikes to bleed us that were that were not they want a metal from Skadriel, so that, like he has his own metals coming into it. So there's going to be like all kinds of weird powers and shit we're going to see in this book as a result of different metals and different god metals coming into play. Mm. Yeah, because I guess Adium is a god metal for Atti, and then mm. Lorassium, and then whatever you want to call the that spike that came from Trell. So there's all sorts of stuff that we could be. That's a good point. And I mean, yeah. I, the lost metal is how adium has been referred to, but it, I mean, lorassium could as, just as easily be a lost metal. So yeah, hmm. all sorts of possibilities here. Yeah, 
Yeah, I um I agree with Dak actually. That that's kind of where my brain was going. So I'll I'll just start though with kind of short term predictions. So obviously there's gonna be some kind of fight. I think I think Wax is going to have to take a more hands on approach to trying to prevent war. And so uh, I think that's kind of how we're going to get back into Wax, the detective investigator guy. I don't know with with the kids. I don't know if Steris will play a big role in that or if she'll she'll be the kid with the kids or if they're just going to say, oh, kids, you stay with uh, the governess. And that's why we established we have a governess so that we don't have to worry about kids getting mixed up in all of the stuff later. But uh, so that's kind of my short term prediction. So there's uh, going to be a fight with Marisai and Wayne. I assume they will win because, you know, it'd be pretty crummy if they lost right at the beginning of the book. But uh, we'll see what happens with that. So, yeah, long term predictions. I mean, I feel like we have been talking about Adium coming back since we read Alloy of Law, because I think back in the day, at some point you had, you know, when we were reading the first Mistborn era, you had told us. Maybe it was when we were doing secret history. I don't I don't remember exactly, but at some point we discussed how long it would take for the for Adium after being completely used up to to kind of regrow or, or resurface. And we had discussed that it was about the amount of time between the Mistborn eras. So I think we kind of been expecting that for a while. So yeah, I'm with mm-hmm. Dak. I think I think Adium's gonna come back. Now I'd be interested to know how it could be used since nobody that we know of is a full misborn i guess you, you you know if you had the sets powers or the you know the mao excuse me the maoish powers you you could potentially make something that could allow you to use adium which at this point you know could be a real game changer in as far in how people you know do combat in this era um so we've got that for sure i don't know you know i might have had less of an idea of, of what I thought could be possible before going to the con and, and hearing Brandon, but him saying that, you know, that he's he's really kind of gone for it in this book, or at least not, you know, shied away from, from larger Cosmere roles. I mean, really, potentially anything could happen. We're talking about potentially, I think we all understand that Trell is, is a god, like he is a different deity, so quite possibly a different shard bearer. So we could really like start getting into that kind of stuff in this book. And that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. So, you know, as, as much as I'd like to have a, an awesome answer, I've got some ideas, but, but really anything is possible. Volcanoes could start sprouting out of the ground. You, you know, we don't know, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the possibilities because it feels like more is possible than ever before. Um, especially since, you know, I ha- we have the background of knowing Brandon has said, yeah, like I've, I'm, I didn't, uh, I didn't just make it subtle this time. So we could have lots of, lots of interesting things happening. Mm, to be precise, it's actually Kelsier in the first book after he destroys the pits. He goes, I've destroyed the Final Empire's ability to produce Adium for the next 300 years or so. And then when it turned out that it was about 300 years between the two eras, we did bring it back up like, hey, hey, this is a similar amount of time, these two things. So, yeah, it's definitely in in the books. These things are established. Uh, yeah, but, and maybe Harmony has been playing this for a long time and had charged the Chandra with their original contract duty of, like, gathering Adium. They have to gather Adium again. I don't know. If, if, if it would start showing back up in the pits of Hathson, we know that that's under Elendel because Wax had to, like, crawl through it in um, yeah. the second book. So. Well, the pits were more to hide it from Addy, right? So, like, 
not necessarily there. It doesn't have to be there. Could right, be yeah. at a different place. If Harmony is not really separated from that portion of what would be considered, I guess, his body, it could just be that it's that he has it and he's just putting it out into the into the planet. Could be anywhere. There could be like little single spots where it's growing like all over the place. But Maybe I mean, that's true. The, that's the problem with the Sunni cubs. There's like, what are these chunks of metal that are like <laughs> being smuggled out through the Sunni cubs? There was something else, something else in the drugs. <laughs> but you make a good point that even if we could find Adium, there's not necessarily anyone around who could use it. So, yeah, I think I think that maybe you know that maybe why the Malwish are important here is because mm. they they have the technology to to make things that would allow people to use other other powers so i assumed that to make that you had to have somebody who could use that power to make the thing in the first place but i don't know we don't know that i don't think yeah i don't really know i'm still pretty fuzzy on how the mechanics of all that work yeah we haven't gotten a lot of details probably because you know the malwish don't want to share those details right yeah i think i think we're all in the same kind of place with the adium thing as soon as Marathi mentioned the pits of Hathsin again. That's when I twigged to the lost metal, possibly being Adium. So I think, yeah, we're definitely going to be looking looking at that reappearing. Just because Wax went through the pits six, seven years ago doesn't mean it hasn't grown back now. So I was thinking mm. that maybe they would smuggle, like collect and smuggle things. Maybe she's sort of onto that already. So, I mean, that would be, that would be interesting. Yeah, broad predictions we're jumping into things very quickly now you know we're we're up to the the second episode of reading material and already looking at a battle so that's um i think we're probably going to move at a faster pace than what we're used to i think that we are going to go outside well outside ellendale and the areas that we know you know perhaps perhaps our our friends down south maybe maybe have some some metal maybe i don't know maybe there's another way of it growing maybe it was the pits before but maybe it sprung up somewhere else we had adding mistings but i don't know that they could really do much other than burn it right um well i mean it like uh what's his name yeoman was able to dodge like being killed by vin or ellen a couple times being an adding misting so it can be useful mm. yeah and we had those those warriors at the end of uh Oh, yeah, yeah, at the end with Ellen to fight the yeah, big final. All, yeah, all of them were Adium Mistings. They killed a bunch of Coloss. Yeah, I've kind of forgotten. But did that give them – did that actually benefit them in the power? They were able to sort of see ahead a little bit? Yeah, yeah, they could use Adium right. just like the Mistborn do and yeah. Yeah, see yeah. dodge attacks The Misting yeah. – they're called Seers, right? That's the Misting term for an Adium Yeah, user. yeah, yeah, that's right. I wasn't sure how useful it actually was, so – Yes, you had Adia Mistings, but maybe you could have Adia Mistings again, which unlocks a whole bunch of other people and powers. Could the ferrochemists use it as mm. well? Yeah. To, yeah. to have some kind of. Yeah. Got a list of. Uh, Adium did age. Adium one. That's how you yeah. stored youth or whatever in the. Okay. Yeah, that's how the. Uh, Lord Ruler was. Lord immortal. Ruler kept himself immortal, yeah. Right, okay. There's that thought gone. What else did I have? Not a lot. Yeah, obviously, Trell, we're obviously going to be looking into things that are a little bit more cosmic, wider cosmic related. If we're going to go sort of a random, weird, bold predictions, if we're going to go, we're talking about secret bad guy. I don't know that, that Wayne's mum would be secret bad guy, but why couldn't he have a 
an evil uncle as well. He just, I mean, they just didn't come back, right? His father got crushed, but his uncle just didn't come back. And I know he didn't like him. He was not a very nice person, but he could be, he could be secret bad guy. Mm. Um, we just got rid of Wax's evil uncle. Now we've got Wayne's evil uncle. Oh, yeah. I have an evil uncle. Why not? <laughs> we could do that. Um, <laughs> thinking about the Alamanza Jack stories and like a new Alamanza Jack story and Wayne's mum, I couldn't tell if it was really an Alamanza Jack story that she was telling or she was just making up a story and saying that it was an Alamanza Jack story. I was like, maybe, maybe Wayne's mum decided that she should just go and write Alamanza Jack stories and has been writing stories and secret messages to Wayne all these years. Oh maybe. Gosh. That'd be awesome. Like little life lessons for Wayne, <laughs> which I was like, oh, that's sad because then he left Wayne alone and he had a pretty, pretty horrific time. I had another bold thought. Ah, oh, Maylan might have to leave Wayne. She might need to merge with another Kandra. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was. I picked that up in the in the broadsheet mm-hmm. that it was like thing that no one had seen before, and I was like, oh, what, what? Why would you need to merge with another Kandra? Like. Yeah, okay, maybe you'd have other skills. And then if Melan had to break up with Wayne because she's not going to be fully Melan anymore. Oh, yeah, I guess we don't know exactly why she said she's going to have to break up with Wayne. Mm. Mm. But I like I like this idea that, like, his mom's out there writing Jackster. Like, his mom is secretly Handerwim all along. <laughs> that would be the yeah. best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, well, and one of his parents has to be a... Has to be a terrorist, so... Yeah, he, it, it, it mentions in the prologue, uh, the guy that he got the cards from or something, he's like, oh, that guy's a terrorist, like Dad was, right? Oh, okay, so he's so his dad was the terrorist. terrorist yeah. So, okay, I, one more thing that I want to get y'all's opinion on, and we'll, I guess we'll start with Jamie, since Jamie was the one just going, is there anything, other than those women who we've been talking about since oh. book one, we're like, what happened to those women? Is there anything else, since this is the last book of Era 2, is there anything that you're hoping we get wrapped up that we haven't seen any sort of resolution to yet? Oh, well, I think we need to know what happened to Wax's sister. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, which, I mean, if we're talking about the set being involved still, she's probably still around in that. Definitely the women. We need to figure out what's going on with their, with them. But it's been so long, I keep forgetting about them now. What else? No, I, I, well, Kelsia still, like, walking around, found his way back, maybe. Mm. So like, if you're going to be talking about a lost medal and, you know, probably tying – like, this is the last book here, probably tying it back to the first book somehow, bringing Kelsio back in there would kind of make sense. So probably seeing something about him. And I think we probably get into that more with the Maoish people anyway. Yeah. But they're probably things. That's a good point. Kelsio's got to be somewhere, right? So why would he come back and say survive and then just be like, hey, bye? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And Marsh. Um, yeah. Marsh. <laughs> Somehow I knew the DAC would uh, would be like, we need to find out more about Marsh. We need to see him. <laughs> Everyone knew that was coming. Yeah, we like Marsh, right? Yeah. I don't know if this has ever been been explained and maybe it has and I'm just not recalling. But I'd be interested to – these are just things – these are questions in my mind that I don't – I haven't gone back to read to see if I could find answers. Is there – is there – is the investiture – is it tied to a body or is it tied to your soul? So, like – so going around in the, you know, the cognitive realm, my assumption was that that is, like, 
for lack of a better word, your soul, right? So Kelsier comes back. His body and his bones are gone. So he comes back in a body that's probably not recognizable as Kelsier, but not that it would matter at this point because it's been hundreds of years. But did he? when he comes back with hemolurgy, however that was accomplished with the spike, does he have all his powers because of a spike? Or does he have his powers because the investiture is tied to his soul? That's a question that like, I'm curious to know the answer to. Because essentially, if somehow... Because we don't really know what kind of god power preservation was was able to use to tie Kelsier to the cognitive realm to keep him to basically keep him preserved and not move on so maybe he's an exception to the rule but it but the way it sounds like if i just hung out in the cognitive realm and i didn't move on and i wasn't forced to move on then and I'm a misborn. It's like if, if I could just use some kind of hemolurgy to tie myself back into a body somehow, then potentially I could a be immortal because, or or I guess I might need a new body at some point if that body like fails. But do I still have all my powers intact? That that'd be something I'd be interested in knowing. I don't think I don't think specifically that this book is going to address that or wrap that up in any in any satisfactory way. But that is just a question I had. What I'm more interested in is the mystery of Trell because we've gotten all these little pieces, but I feel like none of the pieces are really enough to kind of tell us what is this person or entity about like what is mm. going on what now now they want to take over the planet but they don't want the peop the human the humans so what is the point why do you want the planet what's it for are you going to make your own creation and why skadriel what's like why what is the point um was trell here all along because they say he's some kind of ancient god like was he was he around at the same time that these that Addy and and preservation were around if so why didn't they ever talk about him like i I don't know it's just it's there's so many unanswered questions along those lines that i just want to know more about trell and and kind of how how, why they're why why skadriel why now why why all of the why yeah Mm -hmm. that would be nice to get wrapped up because we you know we get a hint about trell in the first book and then it just kind of it's it, until until we get the weird creatures with the spikes, we just we really don't know the extent or reach of Trell at all. And then, you know, the set, it sounds like at the head of the set or controlling the set are are uh, these these creature people under set under Trell's service. So it's just like, what, you know, that's that's the main question I want answered is like, uh, what what's going on with that? Also, I, I, this is off topic. I'm a little shocked that Kelsier would retire and become a senator when these women were still missing. You mean Wax? Sorry, yes, Wax. What did I say? Kelsier. Kelsier. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was in Kelsier mode still. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little shocked that Wax would retire. It's like it's like. Batman. Yeah, if anyone was going to pull out guns and stop firing in the Senate. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Batman retiring after the Dark Knight. Like it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense actually you could say batman trying after dark knight makes more sense than this it's like yeah i know there's women missing and i never really found out what was going on with them but you know i'm gonna focus on me and have a kids and i'm not gonna worry about that anymore yeah it does seem a little bit but you know he had other stuff that he needed to do you can't keep I guess bashing your head against it forever and not living sure but i mean he his family kind of sewed this so yeah it's true 
but to address some of your first points, as far as like how Kelsier ended up getting to stay, we, he was getting like pulled away or whatever into off into the great beyond until preservation like shoved him into the the well of ascension. And I think the implication is that like he basically got super saturated with energy with the investiture in the well, and that's what allowed him to stay just like uh, by just mm. having that energy. But well investiture, eh? But you you make an interesting point about like where does the the, the power of allomancy like is it part of his spirit or whatever is it part of the body? We know that in the cognitive realm he during secret history he stole like a little bit of metal and ate it and couldn't use his allomancy powers. But is that because he didn't right. have a body? Or yeah, so that's an inter- that's a really good question actually. And depending on whether we see Kelsier here, maybe we will find out more. Yeah. Well, and maybe and maybe that's part of it too is like the like the spirit or cognitive functions of him are beyond maybe the shards powers necessarily. Maybe they, they have a piece of it because of investiture, but not like, because we know that we know since our sexy drifter is in the cognitive realm as well. It's like, it's not just something that's that some people can access and other people can't. So it may not be a specific type of investiture that, let you know, that allows you to access it. It, it could be, any amount of investiture so yeah 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 so okay sorry Dak. do you have any anything you want to see resolved i mean all the big ones i think have been covered off the only one that i really had which i actually don't think it'll happen but they kind of made a big deal out of eight manton at the start at the in the first chunk of bands of mourning i'm kind of like so like are we gonna come revisit that like because his mark is cropping Mm. up this guy's clearly still out there I don't know. He, it might be nice to see him just pop up as part of the part of the set or something. I don't know, that might be fun. Like I said, I doubt it'll probably happen because I think there's enough go- there's enough that needs to happen in this book. But it, it might be nice. I, I was always my interest was uh, piqued by his mentions in Bands of Morning. I'm like, okay, might there be more to this? Yeah, but, there was some interesting stuff about him in there. Although Wax is like, how did he get out of prison? So maybe he's really just been in prison all this time, and they were faking his sign, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah, don't know. Yeah, no, I guess like I just the biggest thing is I want to know more about Trell because like, I need to go back to the final empire, empire and find a bit where Says tells Vin about Trell, see if I can get some more information about who he is and what he's what he's what he's doing because. We really don't have any information. Like we've had, we've had his name get dropped, and we've had a few things about him come up, but it hasn't really told us, you know, who he is, what he's doing, or they, or she, or whatever. And I just, I, I need to know more about this, about this god. Yeah, if we end up not without getting any more information about that, that would be unfortunate. Unless it's, I guess, unless they're trying to leave it as like a big conflict for the next trilogy or whatever. But still, like it's been so central to this trilogy that if there weren't some sort of resolution, it, it would feel like uh, incomplete. I agree. Yeah. So we will see how that goes. But yeah, beyond that, just waiting for Marsh to come back. Because I mean, <laughs> now we're getting into very heavy cosmic stuff. Like surely, surely he's going to come back and do his Batmaning. <laughs> we can hope. Okay, let's get into we have one email that I was going to read, which is a pretty short one, and then we have th- one new review and three okay. new patrons, I think. Oh, wow. So, yeah, busy week. Yes, three new patrons. Okay, so first the email. This one is from Peter. And Peter says, hello, everyone. Thank you for having me on your loosely chocolate-based podcast. I just listened to your latest episode <laughs> featuring Data's left and right Twix issue, which inspired me to go buy one. 
I managed to find the lesser spotted four bar Twix, and I wondered how this would fit into your sidest approach. Okay, I'll pause there to say you have four bar Twixes. Yeah. Uh, it's like the extra large Twix oh has God. just like four regular sized Twix in it. But like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, beyond yeah. it's beyond something I would like, purchase. <laughs> yeah, Dax world God. has changed. I believe I, this. I believe that the even if you buy the big four bar packages, they're still labeled right or left. Like it's, it's like here's four rights or four lefts. Yeah, Dak, because we're so fat in America, we also have like <laughs> double Milky Way bar packs you know you can buy uh do you guys have uh, uh reese's peanut butter cups in australia uh only it's the shops that specifically sell american candies yeah well you can get you those come with two you can get a pack with four or i've even seen an eight pack one <laughs> damn he continues and says look forward to the next chocolate debate since it's near christmas could i suggest roses versus quality street all the best, Peter. So I don't I don't know if that makes sense to Dak and Jamie. Are roses and quality street things that you have there? They are. Yes. <laughs> okay. Because they're not things that we I, have here as far as I know. There are like individually wrapped little chocolates with different flavors. So like you have different colors okay. of wrappings to make different flavors. So it might be like caramel filled or whatever. Honestly, yep. I haven't thought about it in years, but I would go definitely go roses over quality street. Yeah, roses are Cadbury. I don't even know the quality ones, so I can't like because they're rubbish. Sorry, <laughs> quality. <laughs> I had to look it up after reading this email because I'm like, I have never heard of Quality Street or uh, roses outside of you know flowers. But um, yeah, so apparently Quality Street are produced by Nestle, but it is a uh, it's a uh, yep an English sort of thing, which I guess you guys have there, but we do not have here, as far as I know. Um. There, there, there was one funny note in the uh, the wiki article on Quality Street when I went to look up what the heck it was. It, it says Quality Street gained the implied endorsement of Saddam Hussein when the Iraqi leader was reported to have offered them to visiting British politician George Galloway. What in the fuck? <laughs> Nestle were okay. initially positive, but then chose to backtrack about the connection. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, a dictator. Wait, no, an awful, awful dictator. Never mind. Jeez, so, yeah. geez, I wonder why they, they backtracked on that. <laughs> Speaking of Nestle, I had a Lion Bar today. It was not good. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's um, it's it sounds good because it's like chocolate with uh, it's got a layer of Rice Krispies on top and then some caramel and then like a cookie like a Twix on the bottom. But I don't know. It was too it was too thick and crumbly. So thank you, Peter, for your email. If anyone wants us to do further debate chocolates, I, I would be happy to do that. Although, as you've seen in the last sure. two times, the the chocolate culture of our two countries is apparently quite different in a lot of ways. Sure. Different names for chocolates of the same type. You know, so we, there's, there's not a lot of cross talk there. We have the one new review. Let me pull that one up. This one is from Oli. Oli is Gonzalez. I think it's how you would say that it says it's five star like a coin shot into my heart. I've been slowly reading along with this podcast in anticipation of the newest Brandon Sanderson book, The Lost Metal. And what a treat. The three new readers, Dak, Jamie and Joe, always provide great insight into the experience of slowly reading chapter by chapter and always give thoughtful predictions as to the future of the story. Data, the veteran fan, is great at steering discussions without giving hints at any right guesses. They also provide really interesting perspectives on certain characters. Their arguments against Spook really swayed me, and I completely (laughs) relate to the ambivalence they feel with Wayne. I look forward to each new episode as they're released, and I can't wait for them to cover the Stormlight Archive and secret projects. Sweet. That's awesome. 
since we're talking about him so much today, you are a seer. Yeah. Nice. I, I, I like converting spook haters one at a time. <laughs> oh yeah, dude, I'll convert anybody. I'm, I was still stoked about that Steris cosplayer being like, "You hate spook too?" I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Oh, good times. I put for anyone who's interested, I did put links in uh, in the description for the previous episode to that that cosplayer and the post they made on Reddit to like uh, some of the other stuff that we were discussing in the episode, the Brandon's The Lost Metal release speech and all that other stuff. I put all that in there so you can find it there if you're interested. Okay, three new patrons. We have three new ska level patrons. The first one is called Casey. Casey, our newest patron thank you so much for you casey we haven't we haven't done one of these in a while you'll you'll be a steel runner that's a good one mm, that is a good one mm-hmm. the next one is adam sure adam you you sound like a a, a a steady guy i'll give you waxes fairing power you're a skimmer mm, that, that's a very useful one uh the final one for this week is carolina it's spelled with a k and two i's so that's why i said it that way Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Carolina, you are a sentry. You store wakefulness. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, if you want to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Patreon, clearly. Thank you, everyone, who uh, is, you know, pledging as a patron on our uh, our Patreon page and getting those still being released as I read various chapters of The Lost Metal. It's possible so I think unlikely that we could catch up on the show to me because I was reading three at a time and we will sometimes be reading more than three at a time on uh, on this show. But I don't know that it'll be enough more to actually catch up. It could be it could be close by the end of the book. We'll see because I'm releasing two of those a week and we do one of these a week. So we'd have to read six each time here to even equal. Speaking of for the next time, we are reading seven chapters of The Lost Metal. That is chapters four through ten. So a nice bunch of chapters for the next time because they are uh, by and large shorter chapters so if you're reading along with us on this adventure through the newest sanderson book that is seven chapters for next week music by miracle of sound get that out sure as you do thank you again everyone who listens we really appreciate you our patrons people emailing us people using the discord anyone who's engaging with the podcast we appreciate the hell out of you and we hope that you have been enjoying yourself Buzzing to the time of next. Colo? Oh,